are back. Uh, owing to some difficulties with uh, technology, i.e. the phone system, we're not going to be able to bring on a guest or two that we had planned to uh, have join us. So previous guest in this program, Gordon Smith, will have to be deferred a week or two. Uh, Gordon was, in fact, my traveling companion in Colombia and Costa Rica and would certainly round out the discussion of, uh, of what uh, we experienced. Since, as they say, two heads are better than one. And by the way, when I refer to Gordon as a traveling companion, I don't mean it in the sense of long-time companion. It does remind me of a kind of bad moment on the ferry between Punta Arenas and the Nicoya Peninsula when uh, a couple of uh, rock climbers were, were there on the ferry with us and asked Gordon uh, where he was from, and he said San Jose, and, and he was originally from Canada but now lived in the Bay Area, and he come to America for, for, I guess, love. The connection, in fact, being that he's married to my old UC Davis roommate and former Aggie uh, a travel agency agent, Lisa. But as he related that story, I kind of piped in and said, yeah, kind of a nice story. Following that lead incorrectly, the rock climber asked, oh, are you two partners? I think Gordon took that better than I did. To which the gal quickly added, oh, oh, no offense. I said, uh, none taken, uh, but no. But uh, Gordon's been a good guy to travel with. This isn't the first time he and I have uh, gone overseas to battle um, the highways and byways. In fact, I, I gotta say, the highways of Columbia are worth a little digression as we proceed here. But we'll start by noting that it was the idea of another ex-UC deer, uh, good pal Elise, that surf camp down in Costa Rica would be something to try out. I've always thought learning to surf would be a good thing. I probably should have done that back when I was 17 or maybe 27, maybe even 37. But as you keep tacking decades on, it maybe is a progressively less good idea. Nevertheless, I decided to give it a, uh, give it a stab. I asked Gordon if he might want to join us, and he thought that was a great idea. I suggested that as an added bonus, we might want to go also to Columbia. He'd heard from a friend of his son, Aaron, a uh, UC Berkeley student, that uh, the city of Cartagena was well worth uh, a visit. And Gordon definitely put that in his crosshairs. So that was the basic idea. Go to Columbia for a few days. Uh, I would then go to Costa Rica. Gordon would remain for a couple of extra days to visit Cartagena. I'd hook up with Elise. We'd go to surf camp and commence our lessons. Gordon would then join us. And indeed, that, that's pretty much how it came off, but there were a few snags along the way that always make uh, uh, such tales interesting. It is a matter of, um, I think, established fact that the worse <laughs> the event, the better the telling of it later. Thankfully, I don't have any uh, you know, gold-plated great tales based on uh, uh, misadventures, but I think for the next 12 to 15 minutes, I'll just try and, uh, try and describe how things unfolded. We've done this before in the program, and, it, and I've gotten good feedback from you, dear listeners, so I think, you know, we'll, we'll try it one more time. I have been uh, privileged in the past to have, have gone to South America on three different occasions. Um, one place I was always keen to avoid was Colombia. It had a terrible reputation, which by all accounts was well-deserved. Even people who are, you know, almost fearless in their travels still uh, were given pause at the thought of going to Colombia. 
Colombia, as I'm sure you uh, are well aware, uh, is the transshipment point for the cocaine from South America to make its way north into North America, and particularly the cities of the U.S. of A. With the giant profits that are available to gangs who will move uh, this white stuff, um, well, chaos ensued as great fortunes were made, and there were huge turf wars between uh, the Medellin cartel and the Cali cartel, and the FARC guerrillas, which rendered Colombia for you know a couple of decades a pretty unsafe place to go. It's been clear in recent years that the government has, uh, has reined in uh, the worst excesses of all this violence and chaos, and it's now considered to be a safe place to visit. If you, uh, you know, exercise caution and keep your wits about you, that is. We subsequently met a Canadian in Costa Rica that told the story of getting robbed at knife point in... Uh, a little park about two blocks from where um, Gordon and I had been staying. I gather this fellow Scott had entered the park uh, reasonably late, about 9 o'clock at night, and was accosted by three, uh, three teenagers. One was wielding a knife, which he put to his throat, and they proceeded to uh, empty his wallet. He kept saying, tarjetas no, meaning credit cards no. You know, dinero yes, like take my money, don't take my credit cards. Which apparently they did, not necessarily out of kindness, but probably because it was a lot easier to use cash than to try and go use someone's, uh, you know, stolen credit cards. And I should note uh, from the balance that I enjoyed my time in Colombia, and at some point in my life I, I expect to go back. and nothing else to see the Cartagena that I missed. But I do need to inform you, dear listener, that if you're contemplating a trip to South America, Colombia just may not quite be ready for prime time, like most of the other nations down there. What I mean is they haven't seen much uh, tourism for the past couple decades, and they don't appear to be completely ramped up for it. For example, upon arriving at uh, Bogota's International Airport, we cleared customs and thought, well, let's change a little money and go get our rental car. After changing money, I sauntered over to the, uh, the tourist information center where a man was uh, seated whose job, I presume, was to direct tourists appropriately, and I asked him where the rental cars were. He directed me to go out the door, take a right, and go up. Gordon finished exchanging his money. I explained to him what our plan was, and we walked out the door, turned right, and observed that there was no stairway, no elevators, and no up. Well, I mean, there wasn't up. I mean, you know, there was a sky above us. There appeared to be no second floor or stairway, so we then asked immediately, as you do, where is the car rental place, which was, you know, greeted with baffled expressions. We were kind of vaguely pointed uh, (laughs) to the left with a sort of a a vast sweeping hand gesture indicated, well, try over there. We walked and looked and looked and walked and saw no Hertz, Avis, National, any other, you know, international car rental agencies or any local rental agencies for that matter. So we asked again and again. We were asked, oh, do you want the little cajitas, the little houses where they have the car rental? Yes, that's exactly what we're looking for. Right across the street, they said. So we walked over to a mostly vacant set of cajitas that there was a car rental agency in one. We were immediately accosted by their agent saying, do you need to rent a car? I said, well, we said, no, we've already got a car reservation. She kind of looked like, well, that's too bad. Where is the agency, we asked. She didn't know. Nobody knew. We went inside the airport and asked. They didn't know in there either. 
So we looked at each other and said, this is something new in our experience, an international airport that <laughs> appears to have hidden car rental agencies. So at that point we said, screw it, let's take a cab. Now, on this rainy night, Bogota's at about 8,200 feet. It's, you know, it's, it's as cool as San Francisco. We commenced to drive through what looked like a giant construction zone. It looked kind of like, you know, have you ever seen the movie Blade Runner? The chaotic scenes of a futuristic city, that's kind of what it reminded me of. We had reservations in what was basically an old converted house in the Candelaria section. Turned out to be quite a nice place, actually. But our cab driver, when hearing about where we were headed, proceeded <laughs> to tell us, oh, that's not a good idea. I would say for the next 12 to 15 hotels we passed, he kept pointing and saying, now, now that's a real hotel. You might want to stay there. But we didn't, and he finally got us where we needed to be. I'm probably sorely disappointing him that he wasn't going to earn any commission from any of the hotels he would have preferred we stayed at. But he eventually got us to the Casa Platypus. And no, I have no idea why they named it that. Converted house, very nice. If you go to Bogota, I'd recommend it. We tooled around the city the next day, a very, very pleasant town. And the next morning, got up to get a rental car and do battle with the highways of Colombia, which turned out to be quite a battle. You may have seen that television program that shows all these horrible highways around the world. Well, it wasn't quite that bad. But even the main road out of Bogota to the college town of Tunja was pretty torn up. Two lanes in fits and spurts, mostly a big construction zone, did allow you to pass cars. We thought this was a pretty bad start, but we had no idea how much better that was than what would follow. For after leaving Tunja, a little bit before dusk, we found ourselves on twisting mountain roads that were two-lane all the way with large, diesel-belching, slow-moving trucks, sometimes more than one. And I guess I should mention that huecos, holes, are a rather common occurrence in the highway, as were signs everywhere for landslides. And believe you me, the signs are appropriate. There are landslides everywhere. By the time each of us had about an hour in the driver's seat, we were pretty much ready for the Indy 500. If you don't want to breathe diesel smoke behind a truck going 30 kilometers an hour, and believe me, you don't, then you will look down the road like a hawk and soon learn to drive like a Colombian. I was great, very grateful for the fact that the rental company had failed to give us the automatic that Gordon had ordered. And thankfully, and I underline thankfully, we had a stick shift. Because, baby, we needed to wind that sucker out. <laughs> we were passing two or three trucks at the same time. And I must confess, to tell this story properly, we're going to have to bring Gordon onto the show. But I'm going to give you the, uh, the, the mini version, the, the Cliff's Notes version of all this. And note that when you're really determined, <laughs> you're really... Uh, Really desperate to get around trucks, you get pretty good at it. It is fundamentally quite different from driving here in the United States. But the nice thing about it is everybody's in the same boat. The Colombians are doing the same thing, and they realize that if you're pulling out in the next lane, you got to drop back. They're going to cut you a little bit of slack. Fortunately, this was rarely necessary. We got pretty good reflexes after a while. And uh, on our second day of doing this, we found ourselves in a wonderful little colonial town high up in the Andes, San Gil, or San Gil, depending if you want to have a more authentic pronunciation. 
It's the outdoor capital of Colombia, great place to go whitewater rafting, um, you know, caving, rappelling, trekking, etc. After seeing the state of these rivers, however, whitewater rafting, uh, well, it's, um, it's not for the faint-hearted. The power of the water in the rivers of the Andes is, um, it's just, it's a bit frightening to behold. Now, this is in part due to the fact there had been a lot of uh, unseasonal rains for several days before we got there, which uh, left the rivers just tearing for the countryside. More on that later. But uh, this town is famous, and the towns around it are famous, for um, their local delicacy, hormigas colonas, which roughly translates as fat-assed ants. I bought a packet and uh, ate the whole thing. I kept thinking if I kept eating them, I might acquire a taste for them and they would taste better, but they didn't. They're actually pretty vile. And I would say, in my considered opinion, quite inferior to the fried caterpillars I once ate in Botswana. Although you experience things in other countries you just, you just wouldn't hear. As we bought the packet of ants in a, in a gas station, the very lovely Colombian lass who was manning the gas pump pointed out to us that, well, you know, the hormigas are aphrodisiacs. Gordon asked, really? She says, oh, yes, the ants with some agua ardiente, which is, which is burning water, local cheap alcohol, I think, produced from sugar cane. Well, if you eat a bunch of ants, drink a bunch of agua ardiente, well, then, my goodness, uh, romance overcomes you. I have a sneaking suspicion that most of that comes from the agua ardiente <laughs> on that time-honored principle of Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. We pressed on that night with a very long drive ahead of us uh, to Cartagena. We are trying not to drive too much at night. Nightfall fell before the town of Bucaramanga, still up in the Andes. And regrettably for our travel plans, by the time we got there, the huge traffic jam we found ourselves embedded in left me feeling very toxic from the diesel fumes. By the time we drove into the town, it resembled nothing so much as a uh, South American version of Calcutta. I realized I was not going to be able to take a, take a couple-hour turn at driving. In fact, I said to Gordon, I need a refuge. I need to lay down. I need some fresh air. We're going to go to a nice hotel, and that's what we're just going to have to do. Now, this town was very confusing. We weren't sure exactly where we were in it. We asked people, and they didn't seem to know either. And by the way, the Carreras are the streets that are named that run north and south. The Calles are the streets that run east and west. We first off asked the guy selling a fruit near our car, is this a Calle or a Carrera? He answered incorrectly, it was a Carrera. It in fact was a Calle. And they're not big on uh, street signs, shall we say. But we were able to figure out where we were. And in desperation, this correspondent, a presumed descendant of... In some capacity, Henry the Navigator of Portugal decided he was going to navigate to this hotel or die. I got on our best map, directed us as how I thought we needed to get there, and by God, we drove right to the spot with not a minute to spare. I checked in, went up to the room, hit the rack. Gordon presumed I'd be out for the night, but while he was out, I revived. An hour later, I was up, and I want to thank Modern Pharmacology for its assistance in this. Combination of aspirin, acetaminophen, tramadol, propoxyphene, and a bit of hydrocodone thrown in did the trick. And dear listener, please, before tipping this yourself, consult the medical professional.
Anyway, I got up after about an hour, went down to get some food. I was hungry by then. And in the cafe, looked up and noticed that on the screen, the Columbia News Agency was showing a rather large washout of a big highway. Like I said, the rivers were really, really in, uh, in rare form. When I got back to the hotel room, Gordon had a paper, and he's reading it and said, um, gee, the paper says the main highway to Cartagena is washed out. Or at least it describes it as the main highway to the coast. I said, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw the footage of that on, on TV. It looks bad. He goes, well, do you see Rio Negro on the map? I looked at all the routes to the coast, and no, I, I didn't. Looked at the coast. No, I don't see Rio Negro. So he said to the hell with it and turned in. The next morning, upon arising, one of the first tasks was, well, let's just chart out where we have to go today. Let's see. Main route of the city would take us to what town? Oh, that town would be, oddly enough, Rio Negro. We now understood why there had been such a massive traffic jam the night before, and I was so thankful that uh, the toxic fumes had put us in the Chica Mocha instead of trying to press forward to the coast. It would have been a disaster. And yes, there were alternate routes, but having seen the main highway, we decided that would be a really bad idea. So back we went to Bogota, an airport which not only believes in not having any uh, car rental places on location, also believes that its actual spot in the nation's geography, well, just shouldn't be spelled out too clearly. I'm with maps, compasses, good vision, good sense of direction and no fear of asking people where the airport was, repeatedly, we nevertheless failed to find it. Twice. We knew we were close. We could see airplanes in the sky. But when we would ask, where's the airport entrance? We were again greeted with that sort of expansive wave of the hand and advised we needed to turn around and go back and head east, but they would always stop and say, oh, yeah, it's kind of complicated. In desperation, on the third failed attempt... I leapt into a taxi, asked the guy if he knew where the airport was, and said, good, take me there. The car behind me is going to follow. And I swear, if it hadn't been for that, we'd probably be there yet. If you're going to go to Columbia, and I think you probably should at some point, dear listener, just be prepared for some added vexations. That's all I'll say. In fact, the most notable vexation of the trip was what took place next, but... I've already blown my 20 minutes just telling this much, and I haven't even gotten to Costa Rica. This is a good place to stop, I think. There's uh, more to discuss, and we will do that uh, probably on next week's program. Before I go, I'll just mention one of the most depressing uh, exchanges I've ever had in foreign travel, which took place after Gordon uh, headed off for his flight to Cartagena, and I went to go check onto my flight to Costa Rica. Is it too early to check into the 3.30 flight? I asked the gal. To San Jose, Costa Rica, she said. Exactly, I said. No, you can check in now, she replied. Good, I said. She smiled and asked, Do you have your carneta de febre amarillo, which is your certificate indicating you've been vaccinated against yellow fever? To which I had to reply, Um, no. She then cheerfully pointed out, that I would not then be flying to San Jose, Costa Rica, because without one, they don't let you in the country. At least not if you're coming from South America. Contemplating as I was at that moment, having to fly to Curaçao or Puerto Rico or Miami or some other place before going to Costa Rica, well, that was a bad moment. 
But how that got resolved is a subject for another discussion. Just want to close this off by noting for the women in the audience that Columbia is a wonderful place for culture, food, style, and scenery. And for the men in the audience, I would add that it's probably got the most attractive women of any country I've ever seen. But anyway, if you can find their airport, it's a worthwhile place to visit. But let's take a short break. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett.